KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Oh my gosh, so much news this week, and none of it video game related. Isn't that sad? Sad, or is it fantastic? I don't know. I mean, I was just sitting sitting here talking to you during the break, or the pre-show emptiness about things going on in my life, but none of it is, is uh, really good for the show. Well, thankfully, sir, I have a myriad of wonderful topics to discuss this show. I can see that you do have a lot of paperwork in front of you. This is true. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, I'm happy to go to it, lest we talk about our own personal lives. Yeah, well... Which, for the record, not that exciting. Termites, court dates, stuff like that. No. Not exciting court dates, I should mention. Excitement is the last word I would use to describe either of those things. Very limited. <laughs> I would use a lot of dramatic words to describe them, but excitement would not be one of them. Yeah, part of being an adult. Um, it's so, pretty lame, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we usually start off the show talking about games we've been playing lately. Indeed. I've been playing more of Groove Coaster, which I know you uh, don't want to hear more about. That's what we talked about last week. Yeah. You didn't like it that much. I mean, it's it's a it's a reasonable diversion, I suppose. Yeah. You're I think still, that's what you said last week. Yeah. Still playing it? Well, you know, here and there. To get better or I, worse? I don't devote myself to it for hours like you do with an Xbox game or something. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it continues to be good. And surprise me with the new ingenious gameplay methods. Tapping on the screen? Yes, tapping on the screen. Where it doesn't matter where you tap? doesn't matter where you tap. Ingenious. Yes. <laughs> so, I actually um, did play a couple of interesting things recently. Um, did you know... So, there's this, there's this series of games out in Japan, and none of them ever came out here, right? And this isn't anything new. There's lots of them like that. But there's one that I'm thinking of, and it's this, um, this Yakuza series of games that Sega puts out. You know, I've heard about them. Yeah. That they're supposed to actually be really good. Yeah, and I actually, I don't know how I escaped this, but, um, you know, I have I have a few select ways of obtaining demos from the Japanese side of the digital stores. If uh, if you're inquisitive enough, you can find out how to do it yourself. Isn't that cut off now? You can't, you can't make it happen anymore? That's possible. But um, since I already made the account, it still works for me. Okay, good. So it's totally awesome. And and one of the nice things is that, yes, you know, it, for our listeners out there, you, you may not be aware that, you know, if you're logging in from another country, um, they often have a completely different storefront with different downloads uh, for that country. And so there's an, there's an exploit where you can basically make uh, either the 360 or the PS3 basically think that you're, let's say, ha- you have a Japanese account and you're in Japan. And it's cool because then you can just go on there and you can see what uh, what some of the cool stuff is that we don't get to play. Of course, you're probably not going to be watching Hulu Plus or Netflix on that. Probably not. Um, and anyway, so this latest game, right, is is called Yakuza of the End, and it's like the sixth installment of this series. And it's um you know I mean it's not like it wouldn't be my first choice of game style, right? Because it's a very realistic looking game. It's kind of like Shenmue in a way. Where, you know, it's it's modeling, like, you're in, like, Shibuya, it looks like, and it's very realistically modeled. And the thing that actually really impressed me 
was I mean it's a very story driven game, right? You watch some story, you get to play some, you watch some story. Isn't it basically some. Shenmue? It feels it feels like Shenmue, the little bit I played. But the thing that really stuck out in my mind was that the 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 kind of characters that they're drawing are the exactly the kind of things where everyone's like, oh, you know, it's you know when when things get really realistic, but not exactly realistic, we get that um, that valley of uh, what is it called? Valley of despair, valley of broken dreams. What what, are you, what point are you trying to get? The across? uncanny valley. Okay. Where people like just, look we, real, but there's a little something we, off. Right. It's kind of like a valley of despair. You despair because you think that uh, it's supposed to look like a human, and then it just makes it. I despair because you think that our listeners will understand your references. They will. If they don't understand, they will look it up, and then they will become smarter people. That's, sure. That is that is the new culture of the digital age, sir. The I'll world. The world is at their fingertips. Anyway. Um, so yeah, these, I was really amazed because the, the faces and the facial animation really looks good. I mean, it doesn't look perfect. You can detect that it's CG, but for them doing, you know, a procedural execution of, you know, like an animated face, like I've, I saw in that game facial expressions that were subtle enough that, I've never seen like any other character in any other video game like quite make that same expression. With Do you really face. think it was procedural and not tweaked by hand for every character? Well, no, no, no. By procedural, I just mean that it's not like it's not like a compressed video. It's like it's running through game code. Okay. But manually tweaked, not like so, if the guy says, "Oh, well, who who knows?" Makes this sound, makes this face. Yeah, it's probably manually tweaked to a certain extent, right? But it really looked like you know they had. They had, like, modulation of, like, you know, the eyebrows, and, you know, they could make, like, it really seemed like they could make, like, maybe the inside part moving a little independently from the outside part, and it was just looked pretty good. I was, I was impressed. This, by the way, is a lot easier to follow if you can watch Aura touch his face. Yeah, I'm, touch, I'm, touch, I'm moving the part of my face that I saw move in the game. Yeah, it's yeah. very exciting. Uh, but, I mean, facial scanning and whatever technology I mean, heck we even had that guy in studio who does a bunch of facial um we did but this is really you know, cutting motion. edge stuff you know because well i mean it just is maybe they use technology to, so, to you know like the guy here in phoenix area i don't think they use that kind of technology all right but um because this is a, that's like a totally different uh method than what it seemed like these guys were using. But yes, um, very interesting and very nice looking. And of course, the game will co- never come out here, so you'll never get to play it. It's weird considering its level of success. <sighs> yeah, but it's the thing that it's too Japanese. That's the problem. That That's probably why Sega will not release it here. Because it's all about Japanese culture? Yeah, I mean... I would have expected them to use that idea and maybe just localize it, where you take out Yakuza and you put some other gang or something in it. Well, it wouldn't have been... It wouldn't be the first time, right? But the thing is, I mean, you are... It is so deeply ingrained in Japanese culture that I think that for for Sega to do what they would think is a proper port or translation, it would probably be too much work. And or what the they would facial consider. mapping would be totally different because they have to be in the other language. Too. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, there's that other problem, and then also, I mean, there's the problem of you know, like Jap- highly cultural, or I should say. Games that are very heavy on the Japanese culture don't always do the best over here. One of the most beautiful games that was released in the past few years, Muramasa for the Wii, 
Absolutely beautiful game. Awesome gameplay. Um, it sold like crap. I mean, partly probably because it was on the Wii, but also is that it was that unbeatable combination of being on the Wii and being a game that is just so deeply steeped in Japanese culture that not one person who grew up here would understand anything of it. How come I don't know anything about that game? You've seen it. I'm sure I have, but yeah. I don't actually know what it is. It's the it's the one it's the one that's made by Vanillaware. They made Odin Sphere as well. These really okay. really beautiful 2D graphics. I think you brought it up one time. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's about you know you're a couple of um, like samurai or, or ninja or whatever. And there's, totally there's, there's like a hundred swords in the game, and you know there's like this you know kind of like this crafting tree of swords, where you can you're always you're constantly getting new swords. Okay, it's pretty slick. Didn't, hey man, I won't take your word for didn't it. Didn't sell well. Did you get it? Yes, I, it's one of the few games I actually bought for the Wii. For the Wii. Yeah. It is the second game that I no third that I bought for the Wii. What was the first yes, one? Uh, I've also bought. Uh, I know you have Koro Rinpa. Yeah, right? Marble Mania. That's right. And then Super Paper Mario. Oh yeah. Which I still. Um, I have that. And never really played it. Yeah, I have that, and I like got to the second world and stuff. Were you as frustrated as I that it just there was about ten minutes of dialogue before you could do anything? Yeah, that was really. Yeah, that made me not want to play. Yeah, that was very um, soul crushing, I should say. That's like, you know, if we were to say if you're on a desert island, you could bring one game. It certainly wouldn't be that game. But if I was on a deserted island and could bring all my games, that might be one of them. <laughs> after after a year, I might get to playing it. That's like that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I always think to myself uh, when I'm not able to play games at that time during the day, I'm like, oh, you know what? There's that. I wanted to I wanted to play that whatever yeah. game it was. I I still have that and I haven't finished it. I think right now Mirror's Edge is a good example. Um, and then when it's time for me to actually play a game, when I have some time off, sitting down, I'm like, you don't. What, what you was don't it that play. I wanted to play? Yeah, nothing. Huh? And like I don't think about it, or I end up playing stupid free crap like Infamous, um, which. I finally finished. I think I mentioned that last week. Um, yeah, but there's a whole list of games that I have and haven't played and I should play. And then the instant it becomes available to play, at least in my timeline, uh, it has been forgotten. No memory of what it was I wanted to play. I've, I've actually thought of keeping a chalkboard. I think your conscious is trying to tell you something. <laughs> that I shouldn't play them? Probably. Yeah, yeah. No. I know. So I've thought about keeping a chalkboard or something where I just write you know, games I want to play. And I've done that at some point in my life with a whiteboard or something, like put up there. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna need this. I want this, or I keep lists on my phone of just like, you know, not only restaurants I need to go to, but also games I need to buy or just play that I already have. I do that too, but it's a mental list only because it never exceeds three. Yeah, it's always much bigger for me. Yeah. But time goes by and I don't play them. Oh well. What did you think about that game on the GameCube, put out by Nintendo? Which was essentially a mix of ancient Japanese warfare and pinball. I did actually play that at an E3 once. Me too, and I yeah. can't remember the name of it. It's super hard to come by. You can't really get that game. Yeah, I mean, it starts with an O. Yeah, I can't remember the name. I was talking it's, to Rich about this a couple weeks ago. It's O something. Yeah. O is honorific in Japanese. Yes, okay. Well, um, that game is another example of something that's... I don't actually. I shouldn't say it. like I don't know that it's super Japanese. It's just did that the storyline is Japanese. Did it even come out here? Yes, it, did? it totally did. Here, United States. That's how poorly it did. You didn't even know it released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I wonder if any of our listeners know what game I'm talking about. 
This will be a trivia question for think, our listeners. Yeah, think ancient Japan, but the gameplay is like pinball yeah. with a giant boulder as the pinball. Do we have a year? What year do we think this happened in? Uh, it was toward the end of the GameCube's life. Yeah. So, I mean, it had to be probably seven years ago, somewhere around. Yeah, then. I'm thinking like early 2000s, Yeah. something like Super that. Super rare game. Yeah. They only made a few, and it didn't sell. So I would like to get my hands on a copy of that game. Probably starts copy. with O. I would say there's an 80% chance it starts yeah. with O. Yeah. And I think it was like, not the founder of Nintendo, but like some guy high up in Nintendo had the idea for the game, and so they went with it. <laughs> of course, because it's it insane. miserably. Let yeah. me tell you about another game I played. Uh, not totally new, but it is new on PSN. It came out on 360 a couple months ago. But uh, the new version of Galaga Legions, Galaga Legions DX. Is this going to be as interesting to play as Pac-Man, Champion, whatever, DX, Special um, Edition, Multi, maybe. something? I was actually more impressed with this one than I was with the first one. You know that the music from that game is not the music in Groove Coaster. That's Space Invaders. Crap. Yeah, you're totally right. All and, right. and the twain shall never meet because they are different corporate entities. But exactly the same game. All right, well, I'll hear more about that after the break. Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Website's chatterboxgameshow.com. Feel free to check it out. There's nothing really there except links to the shows. But Except the site full of awesomeness. Yeah, also our email addresses and a whole bunch of crap that I haven't touched in years. One day I'll update the site. Um, I've asked people to like say, like, hey, do you have a template that you really like in WordPress? I could put something up. I could build. I've just never taken the time to fix it. But anyway, there's our phone number. There's our times. And, uh, and the email address to you and I on that website. So feel free to contact us that way. If you want to call us during the show, it's 866-536-1100. Keep in mind, if you're listening to the podcast, we're probably not in the studio. You should be listening live if you're going to call us. 866-536-1100. Um, you can always take your chances and find that you're speaking with some kind of evangelical. That's likely if you call not during our program. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but give us a call if you're listening live. And, uh, of course, when you're not listening live, or even if you are, if you're at a computer, go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. They keep us afloat. They're local to us, and you should uh, consider visiting them if you're looking for a school to go to. So, um, like I said earlier, lots of stuff to talk about. None of it things that I could find. Only stuff that you have in front of you. You began talking about Galaga Legends D. Is that right? Galaga. Yeah, legions. Yeah, legions. yeah, legions. What did you say? I said legends at first. Legends. Yes. A, I'm reading upside down. I'll blame that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't really have really too much else to say about it, but it's, it's well, you didn't say anything. Exactly. It's pretty cool. Well, like Pac-Man something championship DX whatever. Yeah, championship edition DX. What? What's the yeah, problem? I thought there was something else in there. Like uh, DX2. Think, uh, you can add anyway, some more if you really um, want to. It was. Very fun. Although I noticed after playing it for a while, it stopped being fun. It was. I felt like it's funny because the demo. Now there are still there's certain things mechanically that the game does that Pac-Man game that are outstanding. Um, when I played the demo, I was like, this is 
totally awesome. I mean, you remember how I was gushing over that, right? Yes. But you actually bought the whole game. Got it. Right? Um, and then it seems like almost the entire game is just doing the exact same thing over and over again. Yes. And not like, I'm not talking about like pressing buttons and moving the character around. I'm talking like the the pattern, the general pattern of gameplay is very specific. Like there's a specific optimal path that you need to go through in each level. And it's fairly obvious after a few plays what that is even right off the bot, bat it seems yeah. to uh it seems to direct you where to go right and and even then right even after that now am i wrong in saying that you know the the game basically never evolves beyond that yeah the only thing that makes it uh progressively more difficult is that you speed up so it's harder to follow the path that is obvious yeah because it's so fast um so yeah it gets a little boring after a while even if it you know, isn't infinitely easy, it still becomes boring. Whereas the original Pac-Man more gradually picks up the difficulty and always leaves you with a freedom to play how you want. Right. Um, you know, unless you actually take the time to learn how the ghosts move. Right. right. Um, and you feel like it's sort of random. You can just play the level however you want, and you will play a different every time because the ghosts don't follow the same path every time. Whereas in this game, the ghosts are, like, in specific positions and waiting for you. And it, it like you said, it really holds your hand and leads you the way. So the only difficulty is seeing if you can finish a certain, you know, a series of levels in a certain amount of time without dying. That's yeah. So that that was a little disappointing. Um, but interestingly enough, um, you know, when I first played the first Galaga Legions, um, I don't know. I was just left with a really bad taste in my mouth. I was like, this this is just really boring and stupid, and I'm not going to play it. Um, I don't know what's happened between now and then, and frankly, I don't even remember like what the specific differences are between the DX and the original one. But it, I had much more favorable impression. It seemed like there was actually like some meaningful gameplay in DX, and that I didn't really feel like I had in in the first one. In this one, what I think they're doing that you couldn't do in the first one is that uh, you can now shoot in any direction. So it's literally a, a twin joystick game, which is funny because Galaga's never been that traditionally. It's been totally different, in fact. I, I presume that means you can also move your ship vertically. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in the other Galaga Legions, you could still move anywhere you wanted, but you could just only only shoot straight. But um, the way that, uh, I don't know, the, the really interesting thing about this one is that you get, you know, you'll have like a horde of enemies coming at you, right? And like one of them will be like the weak point of them. And so if you hit that one, then like all of them die, right? But that one is like protected by this this horde of like, let's say like 50 or 100. So you have to basically like drill through the crowd to get to the weak point. And that's mm -hmm. that's actually a very interesting mechanic and because you can shoot in any direction and move in any direction that really opens up a lot of interesting possibilities. And so the gameplay is actually meaningful this time. Um so yeah, but I don't know it, it, whether it has uh any further depth to it remains to be seen. All right. Well, I'll have to go play it, I guess. That's um, enough of that one. I have never considered going back and playing a Galaga game. Galaga or Galaxian or Space Invaders, whatever. I've always deemed them to be so incredibly boring yeah. that I would only play them if given nothing else to do with my time. Like okay. when you're at a party with people you don't want to talk to and they happen to have a, you know, a Galaga machine in the corner. That happens all the time, right? I'm sure you could find games that would bore you more. Well, that's certainly a possibility, but few of them will be will have garnered the same amount of popularity. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, this style of game. For some reason, people love 
the Space Invaders Galaga concept, and I just never, never thought it was good or fun. I guess. Yeah. You you probably didn't like it because you only got a couple shots per screen. I think that's why. Well, it it just seems so boring and slow and and too confined. Like you can't move around much. It's just left or right. It's just maybe it's because it's difficult, right? Like mm-hmm. I would miss all the time. I saw a guy get like nearly perfect on a ton of levels. Um, not too long ago, actually, because there was a Ms. Pac-Man slash Galaga 20-year anniversary machine, right? And yeah. He was playing that. Tunnel levels? You mean like the challenge levels? Uh, there was that one. Um, but there, so he would just be getting, doing perfectly or near perfectly. And uh, that amazed me. I'm like, wow, yeah. you're hitting everything. And like, the it trick really to, looks like you're button mashing like everybody yeah. else does, but you're doing it properly. Well, the trick to that game is like you literally, like the original Galaga, you literally have two shots per screen. So if you fire two shots in rapid succession, you can't shoot again until your first bullet has actually left the screen. Yeah. And I could see how that could be very, very unsatisfying because it requires you to learn and adapt in a very unnatural way, which is like, don't shoot all the time. Shoot when you really, really mean it. Um, But at the same time, yeah, like if you once you get used to it, if you can develop the skill to work with that, then you can be very, very impressively good. But anyway, let's move on to something far more litigious in nature. Sure. As we always That sounds like doing. fun. So, um, you've heard of Minecraft. I have. You've heard of the Elder Scrolls games. I have. You've heard of uh, Notch's next game called Scrolls. Because I've read this article, yes, I have. Or you may have just heard about it. Um, so, yeah, basically the guy who made Minecraft... Um, Minecraft... Which still isn't officially released. <sighs> Whatever. It's still beta, and that kid has made millions. Yeah, well, I mean, it's beta, right? Okay. Whatever. It's just a word. Age is just a number. All right. So, his next game was planned to be called Scrolls, right? And he actually like applied for a um, a trademark for it a while ago, and basically um, Bethesda Software. Bethesda Softworks, excuse me, develop a game called, you know, the Elder Scrolls. It's not any one game. It's a series of games, this whole series that they've been working on since, um, like, the 80s. Yeah. Is the Elder Scrolls series, right? We've like talked Oblivion, about Oblivion, sure. Morrowind, and so on. So they sent a cease and desist letter to the Minecraft guy in Sweden saying... Um, your title scrolls is too similar to our title, The Elder Scrolls. You must cease and desist or we will sue you. So this is interesting because I'm going to put the question to you and also to our listeners. Do you guys think that Bethesda's claim is legit or no? Do you want me to tell you why it is or isn't? Yeah, if you think that way. Given my experience with trademark law in the history of this program especially, Yes, sir. Um, I can tell you that it matters not what you or me or any of the listeners think, but what the population in general thinks. So if they want to know if this is uh, invalid, it's not It's not if they should or shouldn't. It's that whether or not it would generate confusion in the marketplace. And that's actually part of the letter, I think, from from Bethesda. It's like it's it's likely to cause confusion because right. that's, the, that's the standard um, – Right, the, the legal so that's, requirement. that is the crux of the question, though. Do you think that it will cause confusion in the marketplace? A game called Scrolls could be considered to be from the same folks or of of part of the same um, 
you know, collection of games as the Elder Scrolls. Because yeah. at one time, yeah. Do you think it? Yeah. You think it could? Be I think there is a a definite potential for there to be confusion. I actually will reserve my opinion until we come back from the break. I can tell you to decide it legally would take many, many a survey. Indeed. We'll be right back. It's me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. So we're back. It's Chatterbox. So we do. We go. We come back. Video game radio. So you you think that there's a confusion or there may be a... I think there's simply a potential. I think it's the potential is obvious. Yeah. And when you want to decide that, what happens is the two sides talk it out in front of an arbiter or uh, a judge and, you know, argue their sides. And the way that you would get validity to your argument is by um, getting a third-party... Um, surveying company, I'm sure there's a more impressive name for them, but a third-party company to conduct survey with a relatively large sample, like maybe a thousand people or something, um, and they would come up with some sort of test for determining whether or not there's confusion. I think it goes a little bit beyond just, hey, does this confuse you? Or you might say, hey, have you heard of Elder Scrolls? Have you heard of Scrolls? Do you know yeah. who makes each this one? Do you know who makes this one? Um, do you think that this one is made by this company? Whatever. Right. Uh, they would come up with some sort of test and then give those results to to the people who hired them, right? And you would say, hey, yep. judge, it looks like this is not confusing. And he still might overrule it and say, well, it seems too confusing to me, so you can't use that name. Or vice versa, might say it's, you know, the, the uh, surveys might come back saying this is definitely confusing, in which case the person arguing that it's not confusing would probably just give up. Right. Now, here, here's what I think the crux of this issue is, is that... Um so the funny part is the Elder Scrolls as a title has always been the subtitle of all of these games. And people who are fans of the game or know the Elder Scrolls games, right? They primarily refer to them by which specific one they're talking about. You mean like, like Morrowind, Morrowind, which is really Elder Scrolls, what, 4 or 5? I lose track. 4, 4. I think it's 4. All right. Um, what's funny is the Elder Scrolls seems to be... The main title, not the subtitle. Morrowind well, being the subtitle. It does, but nobody ever uses the Elder Scrolls when talking about this game unless they're actually talking about the series as a whole. Yeah. And and by nobody, I mean, I'm not saying nobody ever, but I mean, it's very, very uncommon. You know, with, usually what's weird is, you say Oblivion or Morrowind or whatever. I think it has a lot to do with how they present it, too, with just like box art, something as simple as box art. Because right. Oblivion, I was very clear of the fact that it was Elder Scrolls 3, Oblivion. No, 5. 5? I'm getting it mixed up. Whatever. It's the last one. Elder Scrolls something, whereas Morrowind, I think I always thought of as Morrowind. Or maybe it was I, It four. was never presented. Who cares? Right. But um, one of them was presented with the Elder Scrolls numeral right uh on the box art whereas the and it might have been morrowind that was that way but this and the next one was not wouldn't you think that by virtue of that that it would actually decrease the chances that any given person would confuse the elder scrolls for morrowind with 
I, I think scrolls. It, yeah, it decreases the chances of it being confused to that that specific game. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I, I mean, it, might be, uh, it, it doesn't have to be a recent game. It could be a game that's ten years old and still be confusing. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a tough spot. No, so it's reasonable. But it got a little bit deeper, didn't he? Didn't he sort of relent and say, "Okay, uh, we'll we'll be sure that we don't put anything in front of the word scrolls." Well, yes, he did suggest to compromise where they would never agree to put any any modifiers in front of scrolls. So I think he meant that they would agree never to use the modifier. They didn't know what it. So no, he said. said they would never agree to put them on. They would agree to never. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So scrolls, right? Instead of it being like the monkey scrolls. It would just be, they would never do that. Yeah. Right? I think it's kind of a stretch. I don't think that people will confuse it. But on the other hand, this this is another, maybe you know about this, this, there's apparently another aspect of trademark law where companies are actually compelled to be more litigious than they would be otherwise because if they don't, they would risk losing their trademark because they're not actively enforcing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you so, want to keep your trademark, you have to actively defend it. Yeah. And, and so it's it's funny because, you know, everyone loves making fun of like, oh, it's lawyers are stupid and oh, everyone's litigious and litigious America. And, you know, it's the modern age and everyone's suing everybody and you all make fun of that. Right. But in, in a lot of cases, it's it's almost like it's like a best practice. You have to be litigious about certain things. Yeah. Well, um, actually, as far as I know, trademark is the only thing. Well, um, well, well another example that I, that I mean is for, you know, it's like, let's say, you know, you get, I don't know, you're go-go-karting, right? You yeah. get into a go-karting accident, right? And you get something happened wrong, right? Yes. And it's not your fault. Well, you aren't you compelled to basically sue everyone involved and let the court figure out who's actually at fault rather than just suing just one person and not suing everyone else? Um, who might be I'm going to answer that, but first, I'm going to remind everyone, I'm not a lawyer. Anything I say is not legal advice, so don't <laughs> sue me if you take that advice, uh, or take what I say as advice. Um, yes and no. You are not compelled to sue at all. If you do sue, it is your obligation to involve anyone in the case that you think may may or or that you may ever want to sue for it. There because you go. once that's, you've sued for I it mean. once, you, you can't sue for it right, again. Right, you've got to do it once. Yeah, so you got to do that one time and include everybody and their mother even like Jane Doe's and John Doe's, right. whose names you don't know, uh, because if you do not, you will la- you will forfeit your right to sue them at a later date. Um, so that's annoying. That's why, like, if you're in an accident with the guy in front of you, but the guy in front of him is the one who caused the accident, you have to sue the guy you hit, even though you know it wasn't that person's fault. Right. You have to sue him and the other one, um, because you didn't actually make contact with the guy in the front. Uh, right, and it's not because... So. It's not because people are super litigious and everyone loves suing everybody, but it's just because it's this the normal course of things where you let the courts figure it well, out. Well, it also has to do with the fact that, at least in America, people are unwilling to pay for things they're responsible for unless they get sued. You can't just say, hey, you know what? That was totally your fault. You should pay for it. Um, I mean, a car accident is a different story because everyone has insurance almost. Uh, but, like, like, I hurt my hand on a fence. I don't know if we've talked about that on the show before, but I totally ripped my hand open two months ago. Yeah, you did. And I've got a giant scar on it. Was it was disgusting. Okay, it was. It was. Um, and I kind of want to write a letter to the city to be like, hey, you don't have to pay. Like, I was the idiot who jumped your fence. Um, but you should probably consider putting safer fences out there so kids who live in the neighborhood that's right next door to that fence don't do the same thing and hurt themselves. Yeah. And I bet that they would not do anything about it unless I sued them. And I've considered actually suing them yeah, to probably. force them to make this change. Um, so, bummer. Not very video game related, 
but uh, but interesting nonetheless. Who doesn't love the law? Not me. <laughs> but then again, I listen to a lawyering show for six hours every week. Really? Well, more like three. What show is that? It's my favorite show in the whole world. I am not familiar with it. I've, I've told I've told your wife about it numerous times. Really? Yeah. Hand, okay. Handle on the law. No, don't know it. My, he's my favorite show host of all time. Okay. Bill Handel is fantastic. And I thought it would be me. Sadly, he's, <laughs> he's got a few years on you. <laughs> gotcha. All he's right. got he's got um be be more um deprecating of everyone else around you, and then you may have a chance. Okay. He's quite adept at it. Sounds like a real nice gentleman. A nice is not the first word you'd think of when describing him. Okay. Anyway, um, but entertaining, yes. You see that? You don't have to be nice to be entertaining. Nice, niceness and entertainment don't go hand in hand. What's next on the list? All right. So, you heard about these riots in London? I have not. There's rioting in London. Why, I'm an American, sir. I don't know what happens outside of our borders. There, Tell me about these riots in London. I'd le- I, I'm glad that at least we're not the only ones who riot. <laughs> you know? It's nice to hear, like... Yeah, but we do it with guns. True. I don't know what they do it with over there. Not guns. (laughs) Apparently only replica guns. But, um, yeah, it's really funny. So there's a paper in uh, the London, and it's called the London London Evening Standard, right? And so their front page story was, of course, these riots. And one of the headlines said... Children as young as 10, inspired by video game Among the Looters. See that? See what they did there? And this was a Grand Theft Auto reference? Yes, sir. Indeed. Right? So clearly, if there's looting, and if there's children who join the looting, they they must be inspired by Grand Theft Auto. Which is ironic, because Grand Theft Auto is outside of the age range for them to play. Or a video game. Indeed. Right? So, ironically enough, they actually retracted that headline and changed it later on to say instead children as young as 10 hunted by police after riots across city do you think that like someone there is just a game fan and said hey we shouldn't do that we shouldn't that's stupid it's sensationalist um i i'm not sure um what exactly the impetus was apparently there was a lot of outrage on on twitter so twitter is very uh (laughs) It's a very fast form of feedback for various media outlets. Wow. And um, it just, it seemed like, uh, I mean, the crazy thing is that there's, you know, they, they interviewed like one police officer who is basically complaining that, you know, oh, this is happening because the kids are out of control and they're playing Grand Theft Auto and want to live it for themselves, right? But this is just like one police officer. Like, since when did one police officer saying something dramatic and insane become like the spokesperson? For riots. It's, that's not even what he said, though. Don't they have a quote from him somewhere? He said, go home, take, get a takeaway, and watch anything that happens on TV. These are bad people who did this, kids out of control. When I was young, it was all Pac-Man and board games. Now they're playing Grand Theft Auto and want to live it for themselves. Yeah. So he did say that. He was, but he wasn't even blaming on anything particular or that any kid was playing the game. He just said that these days, kids play that game and this is what they're doing now. Uh, I think he was, it was implying a very a little, general statement. I, I think he was implying a little more. Ah, it sounds very generalized to me. Sounds like he's pissed. Not a big deal. Whatever. All right. Well, you are certainly not impressed. No. And we will be back. Not one bit.
And we're back once again. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And the shuffling of papers. You know I've intro twice in a row. Uh, you shouldn't have. Whatever. That's, that's why I was offering to you. Dude, but... I mean, I'm I'm cool. You're part of the show, man. You are. You, are... you make the show, in fact. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, of course, will remind everyone once again about UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. So go there, see it, love it, enjoy it. Um, I'm really waiting for for some big news to happen in the near future. I want something to knock my socks off, to behave video games. The world is changing. But we don't have that quite yet. We had that with the Wii U for a day. Yeah. We talk about what, that. What more do you want? I don't know. I mean, I don't know when are when are these new big guys gonna take out the big guns? You want like new, like what you consider to be new real hardware? I want, you want new technological I want hardware. Big, I want something to be excited about. Yeah. These, I'm I'm watching our show go by three segments of our show with news that bores me, news that is not interesting. I want something big, and I think to myself, what is what is uh, Microsoft doing? They're trying to push the Kinect. That's what they're doing. Yeah. It doesn't impress me. Sony has a move, and they're not doing a damn thing with it. Not impressing me. I am waiting for the day when we get real news. And I fear that it will be a year from now. It very until well we actually hear what they're planning on doing. Hey. I'm not, I'm not leading up to anything with this rant. The Nothing world, at all. The world of I have news, no news does not exist to please you, Alon. No, it doesn't. But I'm, I find myself in the difficult position of having to pretend like I care about Yakuza and the Scrolls trademark. It's, it's very difficult. I feel your pain. One thing I wanted to point out during the trademark discussion, by the way. Yeah. We talked about how uh, you're forced to defend your your trademark. Not so with copyright. You all you always have your copyright. You maintain it, even yeah. even if there is uh, you know copiers out there. And with trademarks, there's this concept of dilution, which is why you have to defend so that it doesn't ma- does not become diluted. Yes. But the a, brand. But a copyright is a protection of a particular work, and a trademark is basically your literal mark to tell people what your brand is. Yes. So, so they, they are, in fact, two different things. But in the video game world, copyright protection comes into play far more frequently than uh, than brand protection with trademark. Yeah. Or mark protection, I should say. So uh, that's why I wanted to make that difference, because they're confused very often. But like when we talk about piracy and all that stuff, if the company didn't care, they could let you pirate. wouldn't matter. They're not forced to to say anything about it. Right. It's not um, used it or Or they could it. just give you the license for free, and yeah, it makes no difference. Sure. Although piracy in itself is, is a, actually a crime, so... The government would be compelled to do something about it. That's a different story. But but uh, it wouldn't be piracy if you were licensed to do so. right? Of course. Anyway, moving right along. So this is, we're already in the last segment, aren't we? Yes. And there's, you know what I love to do in the last segment? No. I love to quiz people who happen to be on the show, like yourself. I am on the show. So I've got a quiz for you, and we'll see how well you do. Okay. Now... There was a um, some kind of research firm or website that basically did a survey on what games were the, quote, most disappointing releases of the past 12 months. Wow. And they, they did this actually, this was about, this news is about a week old, right? So um, it's still fairly new. The so most Alon, disappointing? I will challenge you. Now, there are 10 of these, right? Did Cityville come out in the last 12 months? Now, we're only talking about... We're only talking about console... Let's see. Console, console, console. Yeah. 
console games here. I wonder so, if PC games would have qualified, but they were just all too interesting. So <laughs> too interesting to make the list. Or social games, and then they would all be on the list, but that's maybe something else. Are you just going to ask me to name some? Because I have nothing in so, mind for you. Nothing in mind? No. No? I, I, don't I just think... don't have a roster of games that even released this year in my brain. Well, think about what came out recently. What What did come out recently? Well, I mean, if I name some, they might be on the list. They might be on the list. Give me give me some... I, is there any way you can give me clues? I will, looks like I have to. Yes. So, um... I, I, the thing I can think of in the last year, did Mario Galaxy 2 come out in the last year? Um, it's not on the list. I don't know. Disappointment. What's I'm just not, most disappointing games? Nothing. Not, nothing that nothing I care about. Nothing that I care about came out in the last two yeah. year. Let's see. How about um, I mean, the Halo Reach came out? Yeah, it's not disappointing. Of course not. It sold really well. I also am curious how they how they measure disappointment sales. Well, it was a survey, right? So what people were disappointed. A survey of by. users. Yes. Okay. Yes, survey of players. Not of uh, of marketers or no actual game accounts. players. So I'll just tell you, because if I start describing the hints, then I'm just going to give away the game I'm anyway. I'm with you. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm useless in this respect. Yeah. So um, we'll go from number 10 to number 1. Let's do it. And number 10, these are with increasing percentages of disappointment, right? So Marvel vs. Capcom 3, 18% of gamers said they were disappointed. Oh, I could definitely see that. With that game. Yes. Um, Red Dead Redemption, not the whole game, but... It looks like just the Undead Nightmare scenario, or DLC, or whatever. We're measuring DLC specifically. I suppose we are. Okay. Very disappointing. Need for Speed Shift 2, even more disappointed users. Didn't even know it came out. I, Didn't that know game, what it is or what it was. had so much hype for it. They were basically hyping that like you would never, ever need to play any other racing game ever again. I pay no attention to any Need for Speed game yeah. ever released. Well, that's probably one reason why. I remember when Need for Speed it. came out for the 3DO. Yeah, that was like the a first A long one. time ago. Yeah. There was, I had that. Yeah. I and remember, it was not good back then. I remember that, too. It was really bad. Yeah. I never understood why, if, any, if anything is proof that a game's name has nothing to do with success, it's Need for Speed. <laughs> Okay. Because Maybe it, we it can think of it, some better examples. It's not examples. fast moving. Is that why? Because yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it need for speed. It needs speed. And how is that an attractive like the, name? The user, the driver, has a need for speed. Or it's a or, phrase, man. Or, yeah. Or maybe the car has a need for speed. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Dead Space 2, very disappointing. You know, it's funny. Dead Space, I thought of, but I didn't realize the second one had actually come out yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Killzone 3, you didn't even know they were up to number 3, did you? Oh, no, I did. And yeah. uh, our friend Johnny was disappointed by that yes, one. Yes, 30% disappointment rating. Okay. Uh, Brink, also never played, 32% never disappointment. Never played that, but I certainly heard of it. L.A. Noir. Everyone loved L.A. Noir. 34% disappointment. Everyone loved... It was even in South Park, making fun of it. Everyone didn't love L.A. Noir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Crisis 2. Also disappointing. That was another one of those games where I was like, wait, that came out? Yeah. Um, now we're getting to the big hitters. Right? 39% Dragon Age 2. I did not know that was a disappointment. 39% said disappointing. And the most disappointing game as rated by users according to the survey was the one and only, I'm so disappointed in you that you couldn't remember this one, Duke Nukem Forever. 
Oh, yeah, no, definitely. With a 41% of disappointment. Perhaps you could have named them all to me, and I could have I could have tried to put them in order. Or, yeah, that um, maybe doesn't translate so well for the radio. Yeah, I think so. But, um, but yeah. di- didn't they... Uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Didn't 2K say that Duke Nukem Forever was profitable for them? They did say it was profitable. It's probably because they bought it from nothing. Much, did they even use any of the code when they bought it? Much like friendliness and entertainment not going hand-in-hand... Making money and a good game also did not necessarily go hand in hand. Yeah, I've heard that the game is just not good. Yeah. Well, good. Guess who hadn't played that game? You. See, most of those games, in fact, let me see that. Let me see that. You didn't play any one of these, I bet. I am going to say that I was lucky for the fact that I have not played them. Dragon Age 2, I have watched people play. And Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I've definitely played and was personally disappointed in. Hmm? So, how's that? Right. I've contributed to this survey now, secondhand. A little bit. Have you played it, by the way? No. Because you're a Street Fighter player. I would have thought you would play some Marvel vs. Capcom. I'm a Street Fighter player. I'm not a Marvel vs. Capcom Dude, player. Dude, the versus games are so bad. You're I, telling me? I don't know why people love them so much. I can tell you why they love them. They love them because you get a lot of output for minimal input, and you also get a lot of satisfying output for a lot of rapid, uncoordinated input. The good players would tell you that you're crazy and that they are definitely set to win the bad button-mashing players. I'm sure that they can overcome it, right? But for somebody who is a novice, relatively speaking, in that game, you get the most satisfying output for your uh, uncoordinated and or rapid inputs then you do most get a lot of junk happening games. on the screen yeah. yes and, and that's what i can't stand about it i cannot tell what's going on or how to do anything right but somebody who doesn't know what they're doing this is very pleasing to that sort of person you see well it's unpleasing to me because i can get the same stuff to happen and i don't know what i'm doing yeah. but i know that i should know what i'm doing well you're actually trying to learn yeah so it's it's, it's a, i mean it's a it's an accessibility issue right because it's like they make it more accessible for people who don't know what they're doing but then it makes that aspect of it also conversely makes it harder for you, someone who actually wants to learn the patterns and, and, and figure out what's actually going on under the hood there. I need some more advanced um, training scenarios or levels or... Or just play Street Fighter 4, man. No, but even that, with Street Fighter 4 with the new characters. Like, I want... And Street Fighter 4 does a better job of training than they have in previous games because they pretty much didn't have any training in previous games. Yeah. It's pre- tribute, uh, previous Street Fighter games. But, um... There are some that have training modes that were really good. Like, one of the Namco ones, it must yeah. have been Tekken. I could have sworn I had a fun training level back in the day. But I might be mixing it up with Soul Calibur. Maybe which Soul Calibur. I think that one had the good one. one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sounds like we're out of time. We are. So stay tuned next week when we'll have more show. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.